Oh, guys, oh, so incredibly thankful, uh, not only for this worship team, but for our church, for our pastors, for our friends and family. Uh, Hello, my name is Graham. It probably says Jerry on the screen. Just ignore that. Uh, It's actually Graham. Um, Welcome. Welcome to church. We're so excited and happy that you're here. For those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm a youth pastor here alongside my amazing wife, Tanisha. Uh, and we're so honored to be here, and we love our church, we love Castlegar. And uh, how about you turn to your neighbor and say, Happy Thanksgiving! Gobble, gobble! <laughs> Happy, thanks- Happy Thanksgiving, Maria. Uh, yeah, yeah. Come on, who doesn't love a, just a giant dinner full of turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes, yams, stuffing, what else? Cranberry sauce. Is ginger ale a thing at Thanksgiving? I don't know. It is for me. Uh, (laughs) uh, Shout out to Jim and Lorraine. They're going to be feeding me later at their place. Thanks, guys. Love you so much. Um, Hey, if you're with me, uh, take out your Bible. Um, We're heading to the Old Testament. We're going to be talking about Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. And I have the honor of continuing our sermon series called The Verse That Changed My Life. But for this one specifically... I'm not going to lie, this verse continues to change my life. Uh, I love the book of Proverbs so much. Again, it's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. I'll give you a moment there to, uh, to get there. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Perfect. Yeah, like I said, this, these two verses continue to change my life. Uh, so yeah, let's Let's get into it. But before I do, I'm just going to quickly pray. Lord, thank you for today. Father, we are so thankful that we can come, worship, praise, learn about you. Uh, We're just so thankful that you are so good and full of grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I love to preach. I love yelling at people. So I'm sorry if I'm yelling at you. I'm just getting passionate, okay? Excellent. Love you. Okay, let's do it. Whew. Okay. All right, Proverbs 3. That's a 2. 3, verse 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths, paths straight. Wow, that's the sermon. See you later. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Like that, that's good. Wow. Oh, it's, Oh, I love it. Um, But what's happening in the book of Proverbs? Okay, a little bit of context. King Solomon, he wrote this book. King Solomon is the son to King David uh, from Israel. And so this book was actually written to Israel originally, but it still very much applies to us today. Amen. Um, So it's actually the first of three wisdom literature by King Solomon. First one, Proverbs. Uh, Sorry, my heart is like pounding super hard right now. <laughs> okay. Just got to breathe. Um, so the book of Proverbs, it's all about wisdom, obtaining knowledge, discipline. Uh, second book is Ecclesiastes. Uh, that one is a little more uh, sad, but it still uh, offers wisdom. And the last one is the Song of Songs. That's the spicy book in the Bible, man. That's about romance. That's about love uh, and marriage. Amen. Okay. So, but we're going to focus on the book of Proverbs. So the book of Proverbs offers practical advice. 
to its readers. That's like its main kind of get. And so the purpose is to attain wisdom, discipline, a prudent life, and doing what is right, just, and fair. And the coolest thing about the book of Proverbs is that it actually teaches us to apply divine wisdom in your life. Who doesn't want that, you know? Divine wisdom, okay, sure, I like that. Not for my own gain, but to preach the gospel, uh, to be in a church. But yeah, it's just, it's such a profound passage just in my own life. I often find myself um, looking and reading at this verse quite often when I feel a little bit confused, a little bit angry, a little lost, a little unsure of the future. So chapter three, it's actually titled Wisdom Bestows Knowledge, or sorry, Wisdom uh, Bestows Well-Being. So it's actually indicating that it's healthy for us, not just in a, in a mental health way, but physically obtaining wisdom actually helps your body. That's pretty cool, hey? Like the Spirit of God is not just to impact your mind and to bring spiritual formation into your life, but it's actually to give you health, give you a prudent life, uh, to, to be healthy and to live a long and prosperous life. That to me is super cool because the Bible is way more than just, oh man, I'm learning this thing again. I get it. God loves me. I heard it a million times, Graham. Uh, yo, the Word of God it impacts your life every single day. And so that's why I love this book so much. So let's get into the, let's just unpack these two verses. So when it says, trust him with your heart and uh, trust him with your head, what I mean by that, your heart, is that's like your desires. That's like your emotions. That's kind of your wants in life. So God is telling you, hey, trust me with those things. The second piece is your head. Um, that's like knowledge and knowing what you think is right. And that's a little challenging because this verse addresses kind of like the attitude of maybe knowing it all. Uh, and that's, that's simply not true. We're all pretty limited. Um, I'm not here to offend you. I'm just preaching the word. But we need help from time to time. Amen. So trust God by giving him your heart. That's like a willing surrender. That's like, ah, oh, Lord, I understand that you want me to do this, but I'm really not feeling it. <laughs> I, everything inside me is like, no, don't, don't do that. But the, his word says, no, trust me with that. Trust me with the thing that you really want. Don't worry, we'll take care of it, but I want your heart. So that's like a willing surrender. And I love the part where it says, don't lean on your own understanding. Basically, what that's saying is like, don't lean on just what you know or what you hear from people, from podcasts, from wherever. It's don't lean fully on yourself because you will eventually fall. We're all limited, so limited. And you don't have all the answers, straight up. When I was a kid, I thought my dad had all the answers because he fixed the cupboards, he fixed the car, he knew what he was doing. He was like, hey, Graham, I need your help for five minutes. Turn into a 10-hour unpaid work shift. And I'm like, okay. I held the light, and you just yelled at me. I didn't really learn anything. <laughs> Whatever. But when I was a kid, I thought my dad had all the answers. Now, I'm an adult, 
married, living, trying to figure it out, budgeting. Oh, man, I had it pretty good back at home. I'm not going to lie. They did a lot for me, so now I'm learning to be an adult. And I love my life. I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying my parents, when I was a kid, I thought they knew everything. But the reality is we don't. So don't lean on just your own opinion or, or, or your own knowledge on things because that, that can kind of turn into pride. That can turn into, oh, Lord, nah, I got this. You, you know, you just hang out in heaven. I got this. No worries. No. Guys, like during worship, my heart was like pounding out of my chest, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. Lord, I need you. I'm good. I was like praying this verse over and over in my brain. So leaning, leaning has a sense of putting your whole weight on something. So not only is God inviting you into a intimate intimacy with him, but he's also saying whatever you carry, whatever you got, put it on me. You don't need to, you don't need to carry that all the time. And that, that really hurts the pride, I'm not going to lie. But it's so good. One of my favorite moments is when I pick this Bible up, and I'm, I'm in the corner away from the world, and I just got, like, tears running down my face, snot all over my face, just, like, ugly cry. But it's one of my favorite moments because I actually feel a physical difference after prayer. Leaning on the Lord, putting your whole weight on something is awesome. In verse 6, as we continue, it says, in all, of, in all your ways, submit to him. Because what's actually a really freeing thought for me is that God actually knows what's best for me. So I don't need to continue striving to, like, figure it out. Like, yes, be an adult, be responsible in, in your things, in your workplace, I get it. But when... God is telling us to submit to him, that means everything's on the table. He doesn't want just, oh, I'll give you this piece of my life, but I'll, I'll, I'll hang on to this piece. Oh, maybe I'll give you this piece, but I'll, I'll keep that one. No, God wants you to put it all on the table. So what does that look like for you? It's a good question to ask yourself. Like, God, what am I hanging on to that you want me to let go of? And you might be surprised. You might find a lot of freedom in doing that. So put everything on the table. Give God everything. Have that, like, like what we talked about, surrender your heart. Surrender your wants. Everything. And he will make your path straight. Wow. Are you feeling a little lost this morning? Are you feeling like you're kind of going in circles? Or you're scrambling, you're zigzagging, you don't know where to go? Another beautiful thing about this passage is that God's like, hey, if you trust me, if you engage in that intimacy with me, like, I will actually lead you. Don't just trust me because I'm God. Trust me because I know you. Trust me because I've created you. In Ephesians chapter 2, I think it's verse 9 or 8, we are God's handiwork. You weren't just, you didn't, you didn't happen just to be here. You have a purpose he has a plan for you. He loves you. And what he's saying is, submit to me, and I'll show you that path. I'll lead you down that straight path. And maybe as you follow the Lord, 
as you go down that path, he will lead you away from some things, away from those people, that situation, that substance. I don't know what you're dealing with today, but maybe today is the day where you can continue on on that straight path of trust. So, like, how do you even trust God, like, practically, you know? Do you just go, like, I trust you. Okay, I think that worked. I don't know. Um, like, what, what does it look like? For me, I just said it before, it looks like grabbing my Bible, throwing every distraction away, and, and just praying. Just like, God, I give you just everything. I have my Bible, uh, some tissues, some water, sometimes some tea, and I just, I just hang out with God. I just talk to him because he's a loving father, not just this big divine entity uh, in the clouds. God is so much more than that, and we are so limited. So when we, when we lean on him, we actually get to learn him more uh, in, a, in a relationship kind of way. So do you trust God? Important question to ask yourself. And I want, I want to encourage you, continue to develop that personal relationship with God. I know for me, life can get busy, I can get distracted, I can get um, just caught up in all the things, and I actually like forget just to like take some intentional time with the Lord. I, um, my, uh, I have another part-time job, and so I'm, I'm alone a lot in the work truck. Like I'm in this giant cube van delivering stuff, and uh, oh yeah, hey Dan. And uh, so um, I love it, don't get me wrong, it's a fun job, learning a lot. Uh, a lot. Wow. Okay. Uh, learning tons, but um, I'm alone a lot, uh, go, going around delivering stuff, and it's crazy because when I was a kid, I used to think that the only place you can meet God is just in the church. Oh, that's where, where the music is. That's where the pastor is. Only su- Sunday is the holy day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's when you meet God. But when I'm at work, some of the most intimate times I've ever had with the Lord is I'm driving down Highway 22A on the way to Seven Mile Dam, crying my eyes out. Lord, I, I need you. What am I doing? I didn't come to Castlegar to do this. <laughs> Straight up, I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm thankful, don't get me wrong, I am thankful for my life and for this position. I respect it so much. But in my own personal life, I'm like, Lord, what is going on? I need you. And so I'll listen to worship, and I'll listen to podcasts, and and I'll actually be intentional with my time instead of just leaving God on a Sunday morning. So do you trust him? Do you have a personal relationship with him? This, um, I don't want you guys to take this the wrong way. Chapter 5 and 6 is not, sorry, verse 5 and 6, it's not looking down on you. It's an encouragement to, to, to come a little closer. Trust me. I know you. It's an invitation to a more fulfilling life. It's an invitation to, to know the God of the universe. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So the key to wisdom is actually to know God more. And we don't attain wisdom for our own benefit, but we attain wisdom so that we 
we will learn to live a more fulfilling life with Jesus. So we learn some discernment in some situations. Oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I shouldn't hang out with those people. And the more time you spend with the Lord, you'd be pretty surprised uh, how, how much more mature you'll, you'll become, you know? So the key to wisdom is to know God more. Um, way back when, I think five or six years ago now, I was in the Omega Global program, just like Sophie, Hannah, and Tyler are right now. Uh, amazing program. So anyways, I'm originally from Ontario, so I took like Ontario student loans to go to school in BC. And so during my first year at Summit uh, Pacific College, I had an amazing time. Met Tanisha, hey yo, she's my wife now, come on, she's beautiful. Uh, I met some incredible people, um, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't take that step to move across the country. And I remember I went back for Christmas. This is my first year. I went back for Christmas, and I got a notification that my student loans got cut short, about $4,000. And as a 17, 18-year-old kid, I'm like, bro, how am I going to come up with this money? Um, I, I, I'm broke. I have no money. I, I'm relying on these student loans to get through school. So I got that notification like just after Christmas, and my brain went into like panic mode, right? As we all do. Oh, this thing just popped up. I gotta figure it out now. What am I gonna do? Oh. So I made up this beautiful plan. I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna work. My grandparents, they probably have $4,000. <laughs> so I'm like, this is gonna be great. Um, I was hyping myself up to ask my grandparents for some money. And if anybody has ever borrowed money from anyone, oh man, so awkward. <laughs> Just pretty tough. Um, and I remember I was like hyping myself up. I'm like, no, this is for a good cause. I'm going to school. It's all good. And then I remember I was just about to ask them. And I felt so convicted. And I was just like, never mind. I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to do this. So I didn't. I didn't ask them for anything. I don't think I've ever even told them the story before, so they're hearing it now for the first time. Um, <laughs> um, and so I went back home, because we were visiting my grandparents, went back home, and I remember just thinking, what am I going to do? I had enough money of my own to like go to school for the rest of January, but after that, I was like, I was done. But I remembered, I'm like, okay, Lord, if you want me here, if you want me at Summit, I'm going to go back, and I know you'll pull through. So I went back to Summit, back to BC, and I was in my dorm room, and I had two weeks left, two weeks. And the only person that I told was my really good friend Jacob uh, and my dad. Those are the only two people that knew my situation. And I remember I was just so frustrated. I was at my desk just crying my eyes out, like, Lord, this doesn't make sense. Like, why would you call me to BC to only to be taken away? Why, why would I meet these amazing people, have such an amazing time, and learn more about you, but now you're taking it away? I don't really understand. Like, I got so mad to the point where I was just like, instead of pushing more into God, I pushed him away. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. Like, when we refuse to trust God, when we try to rationalize our situation, for me, nine times out of ten, I end up pushing him away. 
And guys, that is not what the Lord wants. He wants you to lean on Him. He wants you to trust Him because He loves you. So to wrap the story up, um, I told my dad the situation. And at the time, he worked at Durham College in Ontario, and he was, like, developing this new product with the... Uh, oh, sorry, not Durham College, his other his business, he was developing this, this new product, um, and he was getting people to like fundraise and like donate to, oh yeah, I'll help you out, like this initiative. I don't know all the details, but anyways, I remember I was in class. I had like a week and a half left of school um, because I was just running out of money. And my dad called me, he's like, hey, we need to talk right now. And I'm like, okay, what's up? So I'm in the hallway, and my dad's like, hey man, school's paid for, don't worry about it. How? <laughs> Are you going you gonna to tell me how that happened? So he told me this whole story. This dude showed up at his business and was like, hey, I, I hear you're developing this product. It was called Stair Steady. I hear you're developing this product. I'll, I'll donate, like, tons of money to you. And my dad, he had money left over, and it was exactly four Gs. $4,000, man. Like, that's sick. And so he, he didn't give it to me because I would spend it on McDonald's. He just gave it to the school. <laughs> He's like, take the money. Don't give it to my son. Um, and praise the Lord, because then I got to finish my Omega year. I got to go to China on a missions trip. Come on, like incredible experiences. But I, I always reflect back to that moment in my life, and I was just like, God, like how could you, man? Like when I was in that moment, I was like, I'm so angry. I don't understand. You, you want me here, but there's no way that I can see. So when we submit to him, He'll, he'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. If we trust him, we give him our heart, and we actually make the choice not to lean on what we know, really cool things can happen. And sometimes those cool things are really hard. It's not going to be super easy all the time, but that's okay, because God wants to work on you and be with you in the hard times not just on the mountaintop moments. So in this season of my life where I'm currently at, I go back to this verse all the time. Like, Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. Lord, I don't fully know why I'm here, but I trust you. God, I submit what I know, and I, I don't really know much, man. Like, I'm just a dude <laughs> hanging out. Um, and I feel that way a lot of the times, but then God reminds you, he's like, no, I, you, you have a purpose here. I called you here. You're going to be a pastor here. It's not going to look like how you imagined, but that actually turns out to be better for my own spiritual formation and my own personal development with him. It's crazy because we can think up, oh, if this happens, that would be the best way. But God's like, nope, lean on me and I'll show you a better way. Like, amen. Like, come on. Like, the Lord loves you so much that he doesn't want you just to trust him just because he's God. He wants you to trust him because he's a loving father, and he knows you. He made each and every one of us. I would, um, I would like to invite the, the band to come back. That would be great. Love you guys. So... Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, I truly believe it's not a one-and-done situation. And what I mean by that is, like, 
this passage encourages us to keep coming back to him. Keep coming back. Because life is going to keep getting more crazy. And we're going to need to trust him a little more every day. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. Do not lean on what you think is right or what you know uh, to be true. Lean on the Lord. His word is active and alive. And it, it's, it was written so long ago, but it's still so relevant today. And that's beautiful. So trusting God is a daily choice. Choosing to submit to him daily. Choosing to make your path straight daily. I remember when I first started uh, working here, um, I was so excited, and I still am. It's such a huge blessing. It's such, a, such an honor to see students go to Summit and um, worship, be on worship teams and lead youth. It's such an honor to be a pastor, and I will never take that for granted. But as life continued, the things in my heart started to get more exposed. Like, oh, I, I'm a little prideful. I'm, I'm a little bit of a mess, a lot of a mess. But when I first came to Castlegar, I thought it was going to be one way, and God's like, if you trust me, we're going to completely switch it up, and he has. And I, and I, have, to, I have to read this and pray to, my, to, to God daily with this, like, Lord, I trust you even when I don't know, even when I have other opinions that are telling me other things, and I would love nothing more than to give into it. No, God is saying, trust me, because I know what's best for you. And God will actually lead you through some tough stuff, but not because, not because he doesn't care, but he cares so much that he will use that, those tough things to work on you. Because he loves you. God is not a God who's just sitting up there and is demanding your trust. God is a God who is right here, who loves you. Lord, I trust you. I grew up, my own story, I grew up hating myself and thinking I was dumb. I was born with a learning disability. I have a hard time reading and writing. So it's pretty ironic that if I want to preach, I need to read and write. But you know what that does? It leads me to trust him more. Lord, I, I can't read this right now. I need you, Holy Spirit, to shape my mind, to shape who I am. And God would use those tough things in your life to make you into a person, into a pastor, a leader, an encourager, like you've never imagined before. Because we are so limited in our own thinking, our own imagination. God is pretty big. And he has crazy plans for you. I would love to invite everybody to stand just right now. So the important thing about preaching, about sharing a message always, is to answer the why. Like, I can, I can stand up here for hours and yell at you to trust God. Oh, trust him, trust him. But, like, why? Why trust him? Because, like I said, he loves you. And if you're really intentional with his word, with the Bible, he has proven himself faithful. He has proven himself consistent in love and in grace and in discipline as a father. I know the word discipline 
um, people kind of react to it differently. But the discipline that God offers is one of love. Because a loving father actually cares about you. And he will correct your steps. So church, I just want to invite you to uh, just close your eyes for a moment. Um, And I want you to picture what's that one thing that's holding you back? What's that one thing that you refuse to address? Because I think, whatever that thing is, I think if you make steps to let it go, I fully believe God will meet you halfway. And he will be there. He's already there with you. So God has the power to change your life, and he already has through Jesus and what he did on the cross. He took it all for us so we can be with him. So church, I want to invite you, press into worship. Put away the distractions. Put away the things. Put your phone on. Do not disturb. Because he wants to meet with you today. He wants to be with you. He wants to love you. And he's inviting you into such a deep, intimate relationship of trust. Of not leaning on what you know. It's going to take some work. And it's okay if today is not the day. But if it is, guys, please push. Fight for your relationship with Jesus. Because everything else is fighting for your attention. So I want you to think about just that one thing that you're refusing to let go and know that God loves you and he is inviting you to a deep, meaningful life and purpose.